us through this life and this is how the very basic of sikhism starts and how it progressed how it lived through the various years and through the lives of various gurus we shall continue talking about it so welcome to sikhism welcome to my podcast for sikhism the episodes which i'm going to record for you friends this i am doing purely for those people who do not know much about sikhism including my own children because the millennials did not ever have so much what do i say time or interest or for whatever reasons uh because they were born in such a fast paced life and they always grew up with gadgets and they were surrounded with so much of electronic media that i see very few of them turning towards the scriptures towards the books and uh, visiting temples or gurudwaras to understand the underlying values of these places so whenever they are visiting they are in a rush they do not, do not have the that kind of a mindset to understand these things at peace so friends this is my effort to reach all the millennials and all those people who want to know about this religion and if even if they do not um have any access to Uh, these kind of scriptures or uh, uh, time to learn i'm sure this podcast will at least let you have a sneak peek into what is sikhism all about so friends before we move further i think it is very important that everybody has a basic understanding of the sikhism facts now it is so important to understand that present uh century the 21st century also has a sikh live guru in the form of guru granth sahib because it gets the status of a guru and this can only be understand or understood when uh, you visit a gurudwara now uh i'm very sure most of our children who have not who they, they just go and pay their respect they bow to the book and they move ahead but they have not given enough time their parents have not been able to give them so much time to make them understand what the book is all about you know it is not just a book this book is also called of course the adi granth so guru granth sahib is treated with the same respect as one would uh, show to a human guru so one has to uh, reach the book bare feet have his or her head covered and prostrate before the book so we bow to the book and whatever desire we have 
whatever we want with true heart we express our gratitude and we convey have a private conversation with the book and open our heart and ask for our dreams to get fulfilled so we must know that whenever the book is moved from one place to another it is wrapped in a cloth and carried on somebody's head it is a sign of uh, what do i say a honored status and a whisk or what we call it punjabi it is called a chowri is waved over it while it is being uh, read or when it is being carried or when it is put uh, on the bed at the night time so uh, this is just a way to show how we respect the book and it is always covered in rumalas rumalas are very brightly and beautifully done up cloth decorative cloths under which it is wrapped now the sikhism also uh, another very important uh, fact about sikhism is the 5k's which they believe in 5k means the case kada kacha ganga and the kirpan now case is referred to be the hair on the head and the body it symbolizes the acceptance of god's will this is a very distinctive uh, attribute of sikhism because they keep long hair and tied up under the turban and uh, these 5k's were uh, designed by guru gobind singh ji in 1699 these were the symbols of the khalsas so kacha is a pure uh, is a pair of white cotton shorts worn you know uh, they are very distinctively designed and uh, these were very practical for uh, the battlefield and it symbolizes moral strength and chastity kada is a steel bracelet or a bangle which they wear in the hand and uh, it doubles up as a weapon also now kanga is a wooden comb that represents for personal uh, grooming and it represents a uh, personal care and cleanliness now every sikh the also uh, keeps a kirpan it's a steel dagger and it is a symbol of resistance against the evil and defense of the truth so these are the five k's which the khalsa panth was adorned by guru gobind singh ji Besides this when you enter a gurudwara you would see a nishan sahib it is a sikh flag and it is a respected emblem generally it is triangle in shape and uh, saffron in color and bears the uh, kanda symbol of sikhism it is flown outside the gurudwaras it is carried in processions also and for special occasions and is raised and lowered as per the rituals the flag is normally replaced annually on a vaisakhi day and it celebrates the birthday 
Besaki is the birthday of the Khalsa Panth. So, and the old flags, you know, are also gifted away to people. Like I, when my son was born or when my daughter was born, I specially went to the Gurudwara to get the Nishan Sahib and I got it washed and disinfected and that was the first piece of cloth which I gave my children and as a dress to wear. Uh, we'll talk about more in the coming episode. on Simran, Simran or Kirtan and Jap. Simran is remembering God, reciting God and repeating his name. All this helps in control over lust, rage, greed, attachment and unrequired connections which we make. So all this helps us in overcoming all the vices which we tend to gather from the world. Now we would see that besides this in most of the Gurdwaras you would see this very familiar sign it is called the Kanda and it was again designed by the uh, 17th century Sikh Guru Shri uh, Hargobind Ji. It has a circle shape in the upper center of the symbol which represent the chlordron in which the food is prepared. The vertical positioned swords divided into two halves and was used as a weapon by Shri Gobind Singh Ji. So uh, the two swords on the side they represent the bhakti and the shakti doctrine of the Sikhism. Now what we see what happens in the public Gurdwaras is there you would see there are three main things happening Kirtan, Katha and Langar. Now Kirtan is the singing of sims from the sorry is singing of hymns from the uh, Guru Granth Sahib and Katha is a detailed explanation of the texts of the Granth Sahib followed by the community kitchen uh, free langar which is considered as prashad. The core belief of Sikhism is that the God is one, that all men and women have some same rights and responsibilities and all are equal. Sikhism believes in remembering God all the time, meditating, to live honestly, to share with others and give to the needies. Sikhs do not believe in fasting, superstitions, ritualism, caste system, alcohol, smoke and drugs. So you would see that uh, the Sikh Gurdwara or the Sikh temples are in a way a gateway to the Guru's house, home. 
so visitors irrespective of their religion can expect shelter comfort food at all gurdwaras everyone who enters a gurdwara must cover their head take their shoes off hand should be washed and in some gurdwaras there are feet washes also and everybody sits on the floor men and women generally sit apart and women sit on one side of guru granth sahib and generally men on the other but though it is not a very strict ritual but some places and uh, in community kitchens the langar is prepared it is a food served to all community people and irrespective of caste creed religion race or sex generally gurdwaras have four doors four doors means it is open to all so people visit gurdwaras for many events just to pay homage or sometimes to organize special functions in the family like namkaran of a child or uh, a baby a wedding or doing a bhog or a part and uh, another important thing all the boys have their names ending with singh while the girls singh means a lion a remind a reminder it is a continuous reminder to the boys that they have to be courageous and kaur means princess to stress dignity that girls are to be treated like princess isn't it beautiful philosophy once again and today from today we are going to take up a big journey and we going to discuss and talk about our reverend gurus from sikh religion to begin with friends i want to start my journey from our very first guru guru nanak dev ji his personality forever has intrigued me because he is one guru who has such a saintly such a beautiful figure which i have seen through his poetry through the paintings of shobha singh ji and through the galleries in various gurdwaras or wherever i have been recently i was reading a book by harun khalid walking with the nanak it's really a masterpiece and it b- brings alive the total journey it seems guru nanak ji was conceived after 
a lot of prayers and uh, a lot of uh, worshiping his parents were like very very uh, devoted people and they wanted that they should be blessed with the child and they worked very hard for this and uh, so it is said that he was born on uh, uh, purnamashi that is the full moon kartik purnamashi day in 1469 ad in talwandi in nankana sahib in pakistan pakistan was not pakistan we were all one at that point of time so we should be proud that we belong to the land of nanak so guru nanak dev ji as uh, described by bhai gurdas he writes that with the birth of guru nanak the mist of ignorance and falsehood disappeared and there was light of righteousness in the world satgur nanak pargatya mitti mitti tund jag chanan hoya so which meant that the mist of ignorance disappeared as he was born so he was born to miss mehta kalu ji and his mother's name was mata tripta ji and he also had a sister uh, an elder sister by name of bibi nanki so it is said that he was barely 13 years old he learned persian and sanskrit and he was a very learned person who really enjoyed the company of holy men and he was always involved uh, in discussions right from his very childhood with the the elders in the family or the neighborhood so at the age of 7 it is said that uh, his father got him enrolled in the village school at uh, his teachers when uh, asked him to describe numeral 1 so he said it's god almighty so like he he was a very bright child right from the very beginning and at 12 years old his father gave him some 20 rupees and asked him to do some business so he bought some food from all the money and distributed it to all the poors poor people around and the saints and when he was asked what did you do with the money he said he did a sacha sauda sacha sauda is doing a true business by distributing food to the needy that's why you see we see in sikh religion there is so much emphasis given on langar it is said that when he was 28 he went to a river to bathe and he meditated there and he reappeared only after 3 days and when he reappeared it seems he was a changed man and was full of spirit of god 
Guru Nanak Dev Ji traveled across India, across Middle East with his companion Bala and Mardana. He also visited Mecca. Guru Nanak was found sleeping with his feet towards the Kaaba Mosque. Kazi Rukunuddin angrily objected to Nanak's uh, putting his feet towards the mosque to which he replied okay you tell me I'll put my feet to the side where there is no God so friends they are very very interesting anecdotes from his life his teachings are truly simple and amazing and his saintly personality really intrigues everybody and you want to know more about him and this is not an easy journey you cannot describe such a scholarly saint in a podcast or in one episode it would take me a couple of episodes to describe Guru Nanak Dev Ji so just be patient and enjoy this journey as I enjoy reading and retelling you all what I have learnt from my experiences and my readings and my collection. Thank you and see you in the next episode with something more about Guru Nanak Dev Ji. to talk about Babar Bani which is found in the Guru Granth Sahib and this is a very strong Bani where Guru Nanak Dev Ji has questioned God so it seems Guru Nanak was the eyewitness to the Babar's invasion of India and in Babar Bani Guru Nanak describes the defeat of the Lodhis the Pathan rulers by the Babar forces and all the atrocities by his army on the civilian population especially the women and the miserable conditions of the survivors in this composition he points out that God did not send Babar to invade India as God is Nirvair. Nirvair means without any any kind of enmity. God is loving, kind, merciful, forgiving. So why did this happen? And God does not take sides in war or human conflicts as he is a protector of everybody. In his hymns, Guru Nanak also condemned the Lodhis for their failure to defend the country against the Babur's invasion. Guru Nanak also points out that it was the superior military power of Babur's army and its determination that overwhelmed the Lodhis. Guru Nanak further points that Humayi himself um, is the root cause of all human problem Whenever a person is full of ego, it leads to all kind of atrocities. So both Babur and Lodhis were Humayi driven and they were responsible for whatever happened. So 
after the subjugation of uh, uh, afghanistan babar terrified the hindustan with his invasion the creator himself does not take the blame but has sent the mughal as a messenger of death there are so many slaughters and people are screaming and howling so guru nanak says didn't you feel the compassion o lord o creator you are the master of all if some powerful man strikes out against another powerful man no one would feel the grief in his mind but if a powerful tiger attacks a herd of sheep and kills them then it is the duty of the herdsman to protect the herd this priceless country has been laid waste and uh, to these dogs and no one pays any attention to the dead you yourself unite you yourself separate i am wonderstruck at your glorious greatness one may give himself a great name and reveal the pleasures of the mind but in the eyes of the lord master he is just a worm for all the corn that he eats only the one who dies while yet alive by shedding his ego obtains the blessings by chanting the lord's name and he said that nobody else is to be blamed but it is god because god sent babar to do this barbaric act so friends guru nanak dev ji had his own ways of uh his conversations with the god almighty and his own way to make people understand that brutalism or any kind of war is not a good act so how beautifully he explained this in the babar bani devji got his name as nanak from his sister his elder sister was called bibi nanki and she was called bibi nanki because she was born in her nanke and what is nanke nanke is the grandparents house uh, maternal grandparents house so it was a tradition and which is even now followed in many indian households uh, during the first childbirth the girl is sent to her maternal house uh, to her parental house so that uh, she delivers the baby there and it's just for the reason that she might be a bit more informal or happier uh, with her parents so this was a tradition even at that time so bibi nanki was born in her uh her janam sthan uh, is called the dera chahar now this was the name of the village where uh, she was born and now uh, it is called the gurudwara janam sthan bibi nanki so friends 
this place was uh, looked after by then the uh, people around the village and later on in 1916 it is said there was Malik Mehraj Khalid who used to take care of this gurudwara himself and uh, once he became a political leader he sanctioned a lot of land and uh, some resources were delivered to keep this for the upkeep of the uh, gurudwara it is also said that uh, maharaja ranjit singh used to be very fond of this gurudwara and he had renovated the entire place during his regime well friends it is said that uh, near lahore there is a road which is called the bediyan road bedi is a name given to the descendants of guru nanak dev ji so imagine uh, this uh this road still exists there and uh, the name bedi was given because uh, bedis were the people who had the knowledge of the vedas so from veda the name got bedi so friends this is how the uh, legacy of guru nanak has progressed even till date you will see many vedis uh in the uh, in punjab or in so many parts of india who are who claim to be the descendants of the royal legacy of guru nanak dev ji so friends uh, i want to here mention that during the tenure of uh, maharaja Ranjit Singh there was a man called Baba Saheb Singh Bedi who was respected widely because of his uh, lifestyle religious lifestyle so uh, Ranjit Singh ji allotted him a vast tract of land around the cities of Gujranwala and Lahore it was on this land that Saheb Singh founded this village of Betiyan near the city of lahore here he also founded a religious center that would preach the teachings of guru nanak he chose this spot because he wanted he wanted to counter the propaganda being spread by the sect founded by preeti chand at hair which uh, like uh, you can see is not far from the betiya like it, it is a sect which is very nearby there so when the british took over the punjab they allowed bedi community to settle there and retain the land at that at the time of partition all of them migrated to india to be placed in mewathis and aryans from amritsar so there is this is how all these people later on migrated and uh, a lot uh, of the descendants of the bedi family came to india and presently how many of them are still in pakistan is debatable
1947 when india and pakistan came into being as separate entities around that time it is said that the bedis migrated to india now as the bedis migrated to india so descendants of the nanak family i have said to have traveled to india however the mazhabi sikhs Uh, remained in pakistan mazhabis were those who had converted in who had taken sikhism and uh, they were the converts who helped the bedis and uh, other uh, clans who were uh, holding the higher positions in the society so these people as they migrated to india they left behind the chores of the gurdwaras and all the religious buildings or monuments uh, of the gurus to the mazhabis it is said that uh, there was a gurdwara rodi sahib near the bedia village and uh, there was another one jaman gurdwara and uh, guru nanak dev ji had visited those places often and a lot of stories around that are heard i would also like to mention here that in 1931 uh, at the lahore jail bhagat singh rajguru and sukhdev were hung uh, and it seems uh, they also belonged to this belt of pakistan friends uh, as uh, the story goes of guru nanak dev ji it seems as a child he was very clear as to what he wanted to do in life but he was misunderstood by the people around him from the tales you would see that the only person who really understood him was his sister and she was very close to his heart his parents did not understand him because for them uh, acquiring the physical wealth or uh, uh, being able to survive in the society was more important than acquiring the spiritual knowledge and living like a nomad or touring the cities and uh, distributing money or looking after the saints and fakirs and peer babas It, like the father his father really misunderstood him and he thought that his son does not want to do anything and he, he was really disturbed because and rightfully so like just like any one of us if our son or daughter at the right age is not scoring adequate uh, marks or not achieving or is not earning wealth earning the livelihood we do tend to get upset so same was the case with his father and consequently especially it is said that when he went for the sacha soda and uh, that night when he returned home so his father had slapped him he said that you are good for nothing you will acquire nothing and uh, guru nanak dev ji had distanced himself from his parents and uh, 
after some time like uh, his sister and his very loving brother-in-law uh, they decided that he should get married to mata silakhani and uh, they sourced this event and the wedding happened and he was blessed with very beautiful children uh, shri chand and lakshman chand and uh, it seems for some time guru nanak dev ji was like very happy and uh, somehow he was influenced by islam he somehow never believed in uh, going to the jungles and giving up life and not leading a family life and staying alone away from society or staying hungry or uh, doing some kind of penance or uh, not wearing clothes or you know not being uh, a part of the society all these concepts never appealed him so he always thought that those people they needed his help so he would buy them food he would sit by their side listen to them but in his heart he thought that it is so important to run a happy society and everybody should be a grasth and he says grasth means a family person so he says mother earth is a grahasth and we must live a life of a family man and do our chores so he lived a family man's life and uh, but there was a wanderer in him which forced him to move out and for which he constantly seek the permission of his parents his wife his sister his brother in law his sons that he wants to go and he wants to venture this world and explore it and give his message to the world of one god and he wanted to bring peace and happiness all around him so in all it is said that he did five udasis four of his udasis are very famous about uh, during which many interesting events happened and uh, it seems guru nanak dev ji uh, cleared so many kinds of uh, myths and uh, uh, all those uh, tantrics and uh, ritualistic practices which were happening at that time he did not like he, though he he belonged to a hindu family but he did not like approve of the janeo uh, ceremony due to which he was like uh, the hindu pandits got really upset about it but somehow with whatever he did his sacha sauda sachkhand sachkhand gurudwara again was a place where he used to sit and practice in near sultanpur and where like his sister had taken him to work and it seems once some uh, a merchant in order to escape whatever he was carrying he was carrying some jaggery khand gurka khand with him and he said oh i only have mud in this and when he went and opened the sack it turned into mud but he came back and he 
repented and he said i'm so sorry i told a lie and then that card again turned into khand and so that uh, that's how this gurdwara sachkhand came into being so friends there are innumerable sakis from guru nanak dev ji's life which need to be mentioned and which some of you are already very uh, familiar now uh, i want to hear mention about uh, uh, gurudwara in jhamgavandi ha huh? uh, dera chahal now this uh, uh, it is said that uh, Guru Nanak Dev Ji and his friend Mardana visited this place, and it seems there was a there were two plinths, a kind of uh, chabutra. Chabutra is kind uh, a small um, what do I say? A kind of a step uh, platform. So it is said that. Uh, it was seen that uh, people used to come and offer salt and straws over there so salt was offered as a practice to uh, get rid of black magic and uh, straws also to undo the effect of black magic so friends uh, he cleared these uh, for uh, like what do i say mal practices which were happening around that time illiteracy he gave women a lot of respect because women were rebuked they were not uh, given the kind of status they want uh, they, they deserved so guru nanak dev ji worked very hard for everybody and he was very close to his family though he spent all his life away from them like traveling and spreading the message but i guess you know if we live look into the life of uh, gautam buddha we see he also left his uh, peaceful happy married life full of riches and he went around the world spreading the message of love so same thing was with guru nanak dev ji so one all these saints they have left the comfort of the house and they moved out to spread positivity so friends i will in my next episode talk about the four udasis which guru nanak dev ji did so till then enjoy yourself which guru nanak ji recited in his own words 
when he was asked to join aarti at the uh, puri temple by the mahants he said when the entire planet entire universe joins you for the aarti you needn't go anywhere to do it he had his own concepts beautiful and very touching so his first udasi is said to have started from the year 1500 to 1506 ad this lasted for about 7 years and he was of like this happened when his age was from 31 to 37 years he was of the view that he wanted to meet the land of sages he wanted to know more about them he wanted to see the land of kabir so he traveled to um banaras then he went to bodhgaya to understand buddha and like all this he started from sultan so uh, sultanpur and tulam tulamba the modern makdumpur zila multan he started from there then he went to panipat delhi banaras and uh, he went to rampur and also touched assam where kamrup was a place where uh, it seems he was not welcomed much and uh, the people over there were not very pleasant to him and he was uh, insulted so he blessed those people and he said that you may please continue living here and you prosper here versus you know when he visited other places where he was welcomed and he told them ke tusi ujjar jao so ujjar jao means he meant that you are scatter from your land because they be- he believed that wherever these people would go they will bring up more people like themselves and they'll have they'll spread happiness because they were loving and happy and affectionate people so he told that you go get scattered all over the world so a beautiful message to be understood his second udasi started at the age of 37 to the time like he was 44 years and it was between the year 1506 to 1513 ad and during this period he covered the southern part of india which was the uh, dhanasari valley sangalpdeep that is the ceylon area and after this he had visited his uh, family because his um, mardana now who was mardana mardana was son of a fakir and it is said that uh, this fakir uh, whenever like he used to no not fakir he was a bhand and uh, he whenever like children were born to him they used to die but this guy so that he doesn't die they kept his name marjana so once when he came to guru nanak dev ji's mother's house asking for arms so she said no 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 don't call him mardana uh, marjana call him mardana so that's how he got his name and then guru nanak dev ji always kept him with him so now when he returned to talwandi uh, 
and uh, he came back he met he his children had grown up by then they were young boys and same with mardana when he saw his family and everybody was growing up and it was a very happy return journey for them because they had returned after a long time but again that was not enough for him from there he once again took a north route route and he traveled to kashmir sumer parbat nepal tashkent sikkim and guru nanak dev ji was that time of the age of 45 to 49 years and his third udasi was from year 1514 to 1518 ad now this udasi was very interesting because uh, in kashmir it seems you know there there is a when he reached lay there was a monstrous uh, baba who lived on the top of a hill who was very envious of his arrival because he was being welcomed by everybody so it seems that he got so angry and one day when he was sitting in his meditative state somewhere down the the mountain and this uh, person he kicked a big boulder so that ba- uh, guru nanak dev ji gets crushed under it but then as the boulder came rolling down it touched guru nanak it turned into wax and it acquired the shape of his wax uh, uh, of his back and it acquired the because it was molten wax by then and then his the print of his back got im- imprinted on that even today recently like in 1990 uh, 2010 i traveled to leh and this is there is a gurdwara patthar sahib if you travel ever there you would see that you still get to see this stone there with a big imprint which looks quite big for a back of a person so from there you can make out that guru nanak dev ji must be a person of huge stature so this uh, stone is still there and this gurdwara is guarded by the uh, military of uh, military force and they do the langar seva over there so this is another very interesting story from there and then his fourth udasi was from 1519 to 1521 it lasted for 3 years and during this he traveled to mecca and the arab countries now it is said that uh, as he was returning by that time he was like 50 to 52 years old and while he was in the ship he was so happy seeing the vast ocean nanak naam jahaj uh, so uh, like many verses he uh, composed over there uh, on the ship and there was a very senior officer on the ship so he told that uh, your country is a very beautiful country i know and uh, i want to tell you that very soon uh, there is a Uh, a big arab uh, ruler who is planning a 
sabotage he is planning to rule and conquer your nation and this was nobody else but the mighty king babar and who had all in ill intentions to uh, conquer and like uh, conquer india and then have his settlement there and and then we know what happened then it was the rule of the muslim dynasty over india and he had already forecasted that the land is going to suffer for some time so that is how uh, babar came and then i spoke about babar nama in the beginning how babar uh, after seeing the massacre which he did because he had arrived to india with the guns and he had the cannons which indians didn't know and they still fought with swords and uh, horses so there was a very big damage in the year 9 in 1526 if i'm not wrong in uh, panipat there was a very big war and so many of indian soldiers died because of the babar's attack so which really moved uh, guru nanak dev ji and he was really upset so that was the time when he brought everybody together and he asked them to assemble near the river and he started offering them food so and there he started the message of vand chakna kirat karna and like everybody should work hard and uh whatever you earn you should distribute and not try to accumulate and it seems his fifth udasi was from 1523 to 1524 ad which lasted only 2 years and during this time he traveled most of the villages in punjab so by then guru nanak dev ji had attained the age of 54 to 56 years and after that he settled down in the village of kartarpur and uh, he was uh, guru nanak ji was by the that time age of 50 um, 6 to 57 years and baba ji spent 24 years on his five udasis so it was it is said that guru nanak dev ji till date is the most widely traveled man on this earth who traveled by foot the entire length and breadth of our country and across the borders also of india isn't it beautiful understand nanak we need to understand that era the topography the political scenario what was going on in the mind of the people and how the various places which we hear in our scriptures how far are they from each other well friends the place where sacha soda happened near the chuhar khana that is the place which is around uh, 45 kilometers from talwandi and uh, the place the janam sthan where he grew up 
so it was uh, so you can understand how he must be traveling that distance and what must be taking him so much time to reach and under so much of stress and uh, th- this was the same land where a lot of sadhus and uh, yogis used to meditate so i perceive i presume that it must have been a very beautiful and dense jungle through which he must be passing to do the sacha sauda or for um uh, so many other events which happened in his life i want to bring to your knowledge about the various gurdwaras which came around that place where he was born so the janamsthan gurudwara where he was born was actually his father's house and uh, it uh, it was uh, mehta kalu's haveli so even today when uh, people visit nankana sahib the janamsthan gurudwara you would see there is a thadi sahib which is uh, a small room where it is presumed that he was born over there then there is another uh, gurudwara in the nearby vicinity which is called the patti sahib this was the place where uh, guru nanak dev ji wrote his first poem which appears in uh, the guru granth sahib and patti sahib was also the place where uh, guru nanak dev ji used to go for his studies then there is gurudwara by name of bal leela now bal leela was the gurudwara where he used to as a small baby play around and then there is a kiyari sahib kiyari sahib uh, the story is familiar with uh, most of us it was the place where uh, when uh, uh, guru nanak dev ji took his buffaloes for uh, grazing they entered into somebody's uh, another farmer's uh, farm and they spoiled the farm while guru nanak dev ji was not looking at them so that place is now known as the kiyari sahib gurudwara and then there is this malji sahib gurudwara which uh, it seems when guru nanak dev ji was lying down and resting the sun changed its direction so that he he doesn't the sun doesn't fall directly on his head and disturb his nap and it is also said that a cobra appeared which stood as guard and as a shade over his head to protect him from the scorching sun over his head now there is one more very famous tambu sahib gurudwara which it is which is again associated with guru nanak dev ji this was the place where he used to hide himself from the fear of his father because his father was always very annoyed and he thought that he his son is no good he's good for nothing and when all other children were 
growing up and they were taking over the chores from the parents and helping them in the household guru nanak dev ji was out on his own mission seeking uh, information and exploring the world so these are some six very important gurudwaras which i learned about from harun khalid's book in which he has very beautifully described his journey with his guru ikbal so his full name is ikbal kasir and it's a lovely narration thoroughly enjoyed it reading it it makes a lot more sense it gives you a very good understanding of that entire phase of guru nanak dev ji's life and how it kind of uh, groomed and bloomed into such a beautiful life so we'll continue this there is more coming forward with this beautiful journey of narrating the beautiful tales of guru nanak dev ji recently while uh, reading some of the literature i came across a very interesting episode from his life which is when he first time encountered the poetry of uh, baba farid it is said that uh, he was once passing through this city called pakpattan in the middle of which uh, the river satluj snaked through this city had once been known as ajodhan but the name was changed to pakpattan after the head of the chishti silsila the a religious order of uh, uh, which was left behind by the baba farid baba farid used to initially live in delhi but he had moved to the city of ajodhan and uh, it was because of his staying in this particular city this place got so much of importance now baba farid was uh, ex like survived during the 11th century and uh, guru nanak dev ji visited his uh, this place nearly 300 years after baba farid but there is a beautiful episode wherein baba farid uh, uh, as he was uh, crossing through this town there was this uh, Uh, Sheikh Ibrahim now Sheikh Ibrahim was the 12th generation of Baba Farid so he was uh, like it had so happened that uh, everybody from the family of uh, Baba Farid wanted to keep his poetry alive because it is considered to be the most precious and most beautiful poetry of Punjabi literature but Uh, at that pe- in that period the concept of uh, passing the poetry orally to the next generation was there 
just like it was with the vedas in the hindu culture similarly it was the same thing with the punjabi or the urdu uh, poetry so now baba farid uh, in his like from the family of baba farid there was this sheikh ibrahim who was a true uh, fan of his great great grandfather and he had orally learnt all his poetry and he used to sit quiet and meditate over the poetry and he never thought that he would ever get a companion to which to whom he could speak about this beautiful poetry so he had one follower his name was kamal and one day kamal tells him that there is there are beautiful saints somewhere nearby in the village and uh, uh he was truly impressed because he had heard uh, guru nanak dev ji sing while uh, mardana was uh, playing his rabab so he comes home and he says that uh, listen i'm so impressed with this but um, ibrahim was very offended because who could compete with baba farid and who how can anybody do a better poetry than baba farid so he said okay if so let's go meet him and then it seems there was a exchange of thoughts between ibrahim and guru nanak dev ji and then uh, sheikh ibrahim realized that uh, guru nanak dev ji was a enlightened soul and uh, he asked him many questions to which guru nanak dev ji gave very beautiful answers and uh, uh, then uh, ibrahim invited him to his place and guru nanak ji visited and they stayed for some time he even visited the place where uh, baba farid uh, Uh, lived his last moments uh, like centuries ago and guru nanak dev ji was very very impressed so till such time all the poetry was always conveyed orally from one generation to other but then as it was time for uh, guru nanak dev ji to leave so ibrahim sheikh ibrahim thought that uh, he wanted to present something really valuable to guru nanak dev ji so he asked his scribes to write down all what he remembered and he passed down these poetries to guru nanak dev ji and this is how for the very first time all the poetry is got recorded and guru nanak dev ji later got bani of baba farid Uh, stored into the precious pages of uh, guru granth sahib so this is how first time it was perhaps guru nanak dev ji who started the tradition of recording the beautiful poetry and writing it down and passing it down to the generations i'll tell you more interesting anecdotes so let's move forward